0: And welcome back to Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast, covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world, for that matter. But we are a little bit biased sometimes. (laughs) I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCsge. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at H-E-F pod. You can follow us on Instagram. That is Hey, I tried Frankfurt. Drop us an email. You can do that by emailing us at Hey, I Frankfurt at gmail.com. You can also uh, hurl some abuse at uh, some of our other panelists uh, whenever they make a boneheaded prediction <laughs> that can be done on all of our various platforms, including facebook.com slash H-E-F pod, where we also post all the latest news and information in the English language covering the Ike tract. So, when things are good, it seems like uh, hope springs abound, and it couldn't be coming out in any better time. But before we get into a jovial weekend that was, let's go around the horn uh, for our panelists that have joined us, Chris in Detroit. Hey, bud.
1: Hey, Brian. The skies are blue, the grass is starting to turn green, and... The people wearing the Frankfurt badge brought home six points this weekend. So all is well.
0: Indeed. 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 We're going a little further east and we're going to the Big Apple. Matt, how are things in the city of skyscrapers?
2: Grass is getting, well, grass is starting to grow through the skyscrapers, Brian. Nature's taking over. It's looking like uh, a beautiful spring's coming into town, but uh could be happy for our boys from this weekend, that's for sure.
0: Indeed, indeed. Just to get all the mentions of our sponsor out of the way. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, no, that is the track Frankfurt shirt sponsor for the Manon. Uh, just to be uh, frank, because there's a different shirt sponsor for the latest. Anyways, getting derailed here. Uh, all on me. Uh, Twenty-five thousand visited the Olympia Stadion in Berlin, and the only time you heard the Hertha fans was when they were singing their uh, uh, their club song, and then it was all the Eintracht fans uh, out singing all the Hertha fans, except for uh, apparently. Uh, Some people chanting for Bobic out as the Eintracht ran away with a 4-1 victory over Hertha Bay S.A., sinking the old lady's ship once again in Berlin. Um, Boys, well overdue. A team performance all around. I'm very happy with the way things went. Uh, I will let you, Chris, kind of... Get the ball rolling on your thoughts of this match and uh, the performances that came about.
1: We should give him his flowers, too, because of his uh, (laughs) Daichi Kamada (laughs) prediction. I was waiting on him to do something. I mean, he was solid for most of the match, uh, but that set up Bore to really ice it at the end was great. Um, You know, I was sitting here before our recording trying to figure out what to criticize because I was having a hard time. We came out of the gates strong, which we knew we would. we do it every week for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, but this time we carried it. And these guys, from the start, they were pressing, they were pushing. Uh, whether it was pressing defensively up the field or or maintaining possession of the ball going up the pitch, in both directions, we were in total control of the match the entire way. Uh, I got something about Glasner later, but... You know, as far as the product on the pitch, I thought guys were great. Canal by far, his best performance for us. Uh, That second goal uh, that Tuta scored off, a tremendous passing play, good cross. um, Indica with a header over to Tuta. And the awareness of Lindstrom on the third goal. What more could we ask for, really?
0: Yeah, Lindstrom to have made that breakaway shot.
2: You know, ah, let's not worry about yeah. that now. Yeah. It's four-one. <laughs> we're not going to get greedy about five when we couldn't score a damn goal in the past couple of games. Let's just be happy we were able to score one, let alone four.
0: Okay, okay. Well, Matt, uh, I gave Chris the microphone first. Time for yours. I
2: mean, Moment. I mean, Chris put a nice, put a great, put a great overview on it. I mean, I, I mean, definitely Ansgar Knauff decided to, you know ties laces this game. He definitely had a great game, although that was a really, really great header from his side of the things, especially for, you know, he's not supposed to be a person who scores a header goal. Um, (laughs) Custage, Custage should be giving all the praise for that goal because, you know, he got into a sticky situation in the quarter. He had to beat two defenders on that. He had to cross the ball between two defenders, mind you. And then, you know, was able to give Ansgar Knauf the opportunity to have an absolute rainbow of a header. Um, so in Kustic, that was more of Kostic's goal than Ansgar Knauf's goal. But it doesn't I don't want to shed on, you know, uh, Knauf's performance throughout the whole game because he definitely stepped it up compared to, you know, what he provided for us against Bayern. But he definitely had a great game. I mean, Tuta's goal was awesome. I mean, and Dika also, you know, did pretty much ninety percent of that work. Tutu just finished it off and put that extra power on there. Just kind of showed, like, kind of put the kind of just showed, like, oh, like this team has got his confidence back. You know, like some some something just like struck the field. A lightning bolt just like hit them right 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 in the heart, where it's like finally engaging. And then, you know, Jesper Limster's goal was great. I'm glad Bora was able to get a goal. You know, hopefully this ends his drought um, of, you know, not scoring a goal, but I mean, it, it was just a great, great performance on the team team side of things. I mean, it goes from, you know, the pressing to yeah, the efficiency, you know, having six shots on targets and four goals is, is also huge uh, citing all of our offensive goals from the last episode.
0: You know, I would I would hope that this does uh, kind of reinvigorate him uh, going forward. I would like to th- look I to put a hockey reference on this. When we picked up Bore, I thought, "Oh God, this is the antithesis of a Nathan McKenna. This is a guy who's basically needs to have something put like on a silver platter to score a goal, and yet he's actually." I think he's really turn, starting to get things really turned around. Uh, we've seen uh, his finesse get better as he's been adjusting to the Bundesliga. It's a lot different league than uh, where he's played in before, whether it be the Time Premier League or La Liga in Spain. And he's starting to find his feet. And it couldn't have come at a better time, considering the fact that we're about to enter uh, midweek action with Real Betis of the Europa League. And uh, who else but uh, one of your Spanish speakers to uh, light the lamp, to use a hockey reference, (laughs) to continue (laughs) to use the hockey references, to uh, be able to give him the kind of right kind of mojo headed into the next match where, you know, if uh, he wants to get underneath the other player's skin, uh, what else than uh, the Spanish language to be able to do it and then get your guy who's speaking that primarily as his first, get him uh, going?
1: You know, I thought, that Bore, he's always the energy guy. And even when things are not going good, the offense isn't going, he's hustling. He's moving around. He's he's always leading us in distance covered. And I mean, minus Costage, who's a freak. But this is where I think you saw Bore just kind of comfortable biding his time. Still, he wasn't very visible. You didn't see him a lot, but he was efficient and i mean he's still our leading goal scorer on the year i think is maybe 7 i think 7 maybe 8 yeah um and at this point in the year, that's not necessarily a great thing, but it's the best we have. And for him to get a, a goal like
0: that. Don't compare him with Silva. I mean, dude, God, no, not like at all. Silva broke the freaking club record, for God's sakes, last year. I, I'm not expecting should, that. because
2: Silva, Silva was not good at the first time when we
1: had Sure. Him. And mm-hmm. I'm not expecting Boré to be at that level right now or probably ever. That, you know, that was a once-in-a-generation type of season that he had. But I think Boré – is getting more comfortable and you see him being more comfortable with Lindstrom and, uh, Kamada, that pass he made was very nice. And, and, but did the work, putting the shot down in the corner. And in the past, I think maybe he rushes that a little more, doesn't get as good of a shot off. So he's growing into that role.
2: I also think this was a game that Tuta is uh, showing his worth. I think we're going to, uh, I, at least I saw a couple tweets after the game that, uh, You know, possibly this could have been the game where they would talk about a contract extension with him at our club, which I'm honestly on board with because this guy's a freaking stud at this point. Yeah. Um, Three goals, that's awesome. As a center back, come on, that's like hinty kind of numbers, you know, when (laughs) he wasn't that, when he wasn't. Shit in the bed now, but I mean, Hinty also had a good game too. He's starting to find his stride more and more now. I think you know, being able to shut down Lewandowski uh, last weekend gave him the really big confidence boost going into this game. Yes, did we have a brain fart when Davy Selka decided to score a rainbow sh- uh, a rainbow volley against us? Yeah, that's probably not the best way to you know concede a goal because. I mean, it was bound to happen. We can't fucking
1: keep a clean sheet to save our life. And it,
2: but at least we were able to bounce back after that.
1: It, that's a goal that's going to happen. You just got to say, hey, that was a good one. And he played the volley just perfect, placed it well. There's not much cra- trap could do on that one. So, And the fact that he
2: even attempted
1: the dive just yeah. sh- just shows how good of a keeper he is. I have one complaint, and this is probably going to ruffle feathers. <laughs> um the Glassner, I thought, made great improvements tactically. I thought we came out ready to play against a bad team and did what we were supposed to do. I got a lot of questions, though, about the substitutions. Knowing that mm-hmm. we have a match on Wednesday, and I wrote it down here somewhere. Um, you know, Hauga for Lindstrom in the 73rd, we're already up uh, 4-1 to at this point. And you don't take Lindstrom, um, Knauf, Kamada or so off until the 73rd and then the 83rd minute. That's too late for me. When you're up 4 to 1 and you're dominating possession, you're dominating play, you you could put, you know, Brian Sanders and Christopher Lentz out there together and they'll figure out a way to keep that 4-1 lead. It, to me it was too late to make those subs. I think we should have saved some legs especially cuz the Europa League is on Wednesday not Thursday. That's a little concerning.
0: I would agree in that, you know. Uh, once we score the fourth goal, you're right. We uh, we should have started yanking guys off right then. And there, realizing that hey, you know what? Um, we've got plenty of uh, plenty of bodies to be able to soak up minutes, especially for minutes that would then be played by guys. If he already know, if uh, already knows who his starting eleven is going to be against Real Betis, then I really want him to be. Um, I want him to be saving those legs, cause yeah. you know what? By the time that we're done with the second leg against Betis, the, everyone's going to be just exhausted. And when we face up against uh, the who do we got? Uh, I think we got Leipzig. Um, before we head off for the international break, this guy's going to be knackered. And if you're Boré, who's likely to be playing, uh almost all those minutes if not every single flipping second you're you're looking at playing in uh, two uh knockout stage games in the europa league two bundesliga matches and then heading off to play for your international team halfway across the globe I i'm mean, gonna play
2: devil's advocate here and disagree with both of you because we've been struggling form all the 20 of 2022 all of the reconda so i mean us you know being able to score what f- three goals within a 20 minute span is huge and i think what glasser wanted to do is you know try to see if we can keep the momentum try to get the get the starting 11 to get used to you know um how to play with this kind of momentum how to play with this confidence how to you know go around with it because you were playing a very very strong binthes team coming on Wednesday and so good thing we played on Saturday because if we played on Sunday then yes we, this would have been a completely different conversation but I I didn't mind it at all. I mean, I honestly was a little annoyed that we kinda took uh Bore off because I honestly wanted he was he looked like he was gonna score another goal, which I would have been completely fine with. The more goals he scores, the more confidence he brings into uh when we go over to Betis. So I mean I disagree with you guys. I think, I think it was, I think the substitution was okay. I mean, if anything, I was glad he was able to put, you know, Stefan Ilzanka in so that, you know, we can keep fresh legs with Amani Torre and Hasebe. Um, I'm glad Timmy was able to get into the subbing so he could break off his, you know, quote unquote rust from not playing the last couple of games just in case we need him for Wednesday. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, JPH, that was a stupid yellow card on his end. God knows why he did that. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he's probably a little frustrated, but he'll probably get some quality minutes against bench just because he's
1: he's an international caliber player. Um, so yeah, True. I disagree. I don't entirely disagree with you, Matt. Um, but I think when you look at uh, guys like the guys that came on, like Chandler for Knauf, Rusich for Kamada, uh, those are guys that have played regular minutes this year. It's not like yep. it's not like we're putting in some guy no one's ever heard of that. We just signed from a junior team. You know, these are regular contributors and they may, I think part of the reason you put them out there a little earlier is so they're like, you do have that rust worn off. So if we need them Wednesday, whether in a starting role or coming off the bench, they haven't been sitting there rusting for three weeks. So I would say instead of eight to 10 minutes, maybe give them 20 to 25 uh, just to make sure they're feeling as fit as they should be. But I get your point. It's fair.
2: Yeah, no, and, I agree with you as well. I just, I just think, I just think the momentum aspect was more important for us than the the substitution because God knows we needed a fucking win.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, okay, then uh, why are we using lamers when Paciencia could have been useful? Like, uh, I mean, he's coming off could, injury. I mean, Paciencia. I mean, Paciencia. He's not. I mean, I, I look at the only reason why we didn't use him. Uh, instead of Lamers is strictly because Paciencia is going to be out for the uh, the match against Betis, like so for no other reason than that is why that uh, Lamers was on. And boy, he uh, he had a lot of rust on him. Just Who saying. Are the
2: two players that are not going to Betis it's Acha and Paciencia. Are those the only two?
0: Yeah, uh, Aja due to injury, Paciencia due to uh, suspension uh, uh, for. I think it was uh, yellow cards. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. So I'm sure we'll someone will correct me. We'll get me, into that
2: later. We'll get into that yeah, later.
0: Like, I mean, let's, let's be, let's be frank. This is uh, a team that uh, still had a Makoto Hasebe on the bench and, c- you know, like break glass in case needed, you know, uh, not that it was, but I mean, he was available. Uh, we didn't use him. Uh, Amami um, mean, Torre was available as well Who uh, on the bench, who wasn't used. I mean, uh, from what I saw of Knaufen, let's be real. Um, he, unlike maybe some other players, I think just due to his just straight up youth, I think, you know, play him until he runs it, until he really, really tires out. Because I think that he is one of the few guys who will look at him a so they'll look at, you know, playing two matches a week, playing the full 90 minutes, and he'll be, you know, uh, a player that will look at that and be like, yep, can do, can play uh, balls to the wall the whole entire time. But, you know, we're, we're right in thinking that we need to have Timmy Chandler ready because... You know, if something was to say happened to Lindstrom, say Lindstrom goes down and you want to, it's like you either have Hauge or you have Knauf to, you know, fill in his role. How are you going to do that? You're going to need to have someone kind of kept in reserve. But, you know, maybe I'm getting a little too analytical. Um, let's go to what the formation was, which was a three, four, three uh, for a proper three, four, three. Uh, again, running uh, for the Eintracht and one that you know was way more successful for the Eintracht against Hertha Berlin. I do realize it's Hertha Berlin and not Bayern Munich, but considering the moral victory we got and the win we got against Hertha, the this this is what we the squad needed, and the squad is finally. I would say showing some rhythm. I'm not going to say that they're in a rhythm yet because, you know, midweek and a match at the weekend, will have to prove that to us.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was very comfortable with this um, formation. It definitely gave us a solid defensive side of things, especially with Jakic And so um, in the back end of things, you know, with Jakic sitting back there, you know, it gives so more of the opportunity to be, you know, kind of playing that number 10 role in between Kamada and Lindstrom. Um yeah, I mean, it seems like Kamada likes to play on the Costage side, because I mean, that's when he has more comfortable, uh, is more comfortable with it. I mean, maybe just because, you know, there's been a longer tenure between Kostic and Kamada than it has been between so, or, or sorry, Lindstrom, or obviously it has been. But I mean, I was very, very happy with this formation. I mean, hopefully we can keep it up with this. You know, I mean, it definitely proved very well. Again, we did play Hata, but I mean, we did. We did show a pretty strong, you know, stance against Bayern. You know, before you know they scored the 70th minute.
0: Yeah, that is true. Uh, Bayern, I think, but like I said, Bayern is an absolutely different beast when it comes down to it. And uh, I think uh, Chris, you can speak uh, just as much about the beast being from a city that happens to have beast more more or less as your nicknames uh, for your sports teams. This is an awful segue.
2: You kept stretching that and it was like a double-league chew. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> okay,
0: no, okay. I have, I have good ones. I have bad ones. You can't think that brilliance is going to flow out of my mouth every minute of the day and night. It's
1: better than that, some of the hockey references you've been making lately. But <laughs> I will say that I think the way – We've settled into a good lineup here and guys are producing. The formation is getting a little more, um, what's the word, flexible. Uh, we're seeing Tuta move up on set pieces and and even in non-set pieces in transition and be a little more confident doing that without sacrificing his responsibilities at the back end. So, And also, I think uh, Indica and Kostic are starting to kind of gel a little more over there um Indica taking a few more chances and Kostic maybe not having to run as much as we relied on him early in the year to cover that wing. So overall I really feel good about where we are, but a little caveat, it was it was Hertha. It was not a great club. It wasn't an offensive powerhouse. So we have to be a little tempered in how excited we get over this one.
0: Jesus Christ, I thought it. you guys would never get to... I was wondering who was going to admit the elephant in the room. Boys, this is Hertha. But we needed
1: it. <laughs> I, I'm, we cannot take a, that and just totally ignore the fact that we put together a 90-minute performance. Uh, we put together 70-minute, 70 75-minute performances this year and lost. The fact that we were in control for that entire match, even at the point where they scored their lone goal, that was our best performance of the year by a mile, and we really need it right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I liked about this formation is you were a lot more condensed in the middle, which helps us on the defensive front of things and clearly it showed us on the offensive side of things. Is it maybe because we played up? Possibly. But it definitely looked like we had the uh, you know control of the middle of the field. I mean, I love it at halftime. At every single halftime when we watch it on ESPN Plus, they show us like uh, and throughout the game, they show us the graphics of like their average like position location. And God, we don't even break up. We don't. It doesn't. It looks like we're like tied on like a chain link. Fi- like we're all tied against a chi- like uh, by a chain with-, with on another like wrapped around our wrists. Um, it just seemed like we have a lot more control. We move. We move more fluid like um like water it's it I, i'm a fan of that. i mean I, th- I i do see us using this against beatus i'd be shocked if we don't use it against them um but i mean hey i mean i guess we'll find out when it comes out comes out an hour before kickoff on wednesday
0: i think i can agree with that that but also i'm said- also
2: what helps what helps Ooh. us out Sorry, just to add on to it. Um are the other results from the games? I mean, Leipzig and Freiburg tying was huge for us. Um Leverkusen tying was huge for us. I mean, Hoffenheim beating Köln, I mean, I wish Köln kind of won that, but you get you give what you can de- get and then I think there was another game. I mean, it's always good to have Gladbach losing. Oh, uh, oh, Berlin versus Wolfsburg. <laughs> Berlin versus Wolfsburg too. I mean, it it's it's it finally happened where we had other results that could help us Potentially, possibly, with the minimalist of chances, hit Europa League. But Jesus Christ, you know, at least we won, and other some other teams lost. I mean, yeah, we're still what (laughs) eleven points away, but
0: still chance. I'll just say this much right now: as the table does stand, uh, in sixth place on forty-one points is Freiburg. Then there is a gap of four points, and where you will find Union Berlin in seventh. And, uh, yeah, they're level-on points with Leipzig. And here's a hint, boys. Um, what is one thing that Leipzig, Freiburg, and Union all have uh, in common right now?
2: They're all in the DFB.
0: Exactly. They're all in the semifinals of the DFB at Pokal. So, kind of really hoping that uh, Hamburg just, just doesn't win it. Because then... Pfft, I mean, shocks? Then you're having to get uh, uh, finish in at no less than a uh, six place to uh, uh, qualify for. You know, even the the God dang it! I'm blanking on the con- on that freaking name. Uh, the uh, the uh, Europa Conference League. There we go. Sorry about that. Kind of struggled there for a little minute. I can't remember everything off the top of my head. There's way too much upstairs. <laughs> um... But that being said, like I mean, let's uh, let's, let's stop right here because we're already talking about the European action. We've already uh, had a real good look at Eintracht and Hertha. Uh, it is time now, boys, for hashtag What Are We Drinking? Chris, I see your glass is mostly empty. What do you got, What are you drinking? I got a refill ready to go. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. And uh, thanks to 23 and Me, I just found out I got some Irish heritage in the house. So uh, in honor of one of our uh, most valued listeners, Eddie, in Ireland, I'm drinking an Irish ale tonight, uh, which would probably piss off everybody in Ireland, this Americanized version of an Irish ale. But uh, Sagatuk Brewing <laughs> Company on Michigan's West Coast uh, has a Maggie's Irish Ale. Fantastic. Uh, Dark color, lots of flavor, good stuff.
0: All right, uh, why don't we go to you, Matt?
2: In light of us being in, you know, being in the UO- UEFA competition this Wednesday, I stuck to the Heineken because there you go. It's international football, Eintracht international, baby.
0: One of the international sponsors. You mean still with UEFA? <laughs> 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 the thing they're-
2: Good thing
0: they're Belgian. Exactly. Hey, uh, considering uh, how much time we dedicated to the last episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt towards uh, the war in Ukraine. We still stand with Ukraine. Um, So I went and got this six pack from my local uh, beer hall, Kansas City Beer Company, where they are selling Ich bin Ukrainer uh, t-shirts that are supporting uh, Ukraine relief. They got these t-shirts that they're selling out for the Ukraine Relief Fund. Happen to see one that is got a blue label down that they are bottling. It's also on tap. It is the Adelweiss. So they label it as an Amber Bach Wheat Ale. It's got some good combination to it. And uh yeah, if uh you're a fan of the music in Sound of Music, you will know that one of the songs of this song is Edelweiss for the flower uh, that... Uh uh, German, Germanic, Austrian, uh, or German uh, troops would then go up a uh, mountain, and that would be the test of a true uh, soldier or something along those lines, as my memory is failing me on that one. Uh, Chris, maybe you can verify that that's correct. But yeah, the Edelweiss, pretty good one, and uh, got some banana taste to it, which is kind of an interesting bit on that. So uh, yeah, goes down well, and uh, yeah, that is it for. Hashtag What are we drinking? Uh, I believe Chris Yeah uh, You we wanted to add Something right there? Once That's he gets his headset on, it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So folks You can't really see it But Chris is showing off pin. His Edelweiss <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: It's the uh, German Mountaineering badge And uh, There we I go. Had the opportunity To earn you it You know
0: I, I knew I was in I knew I was in The neighborhood so with that one all right that's going to wrap it up for this uh segment of hey i frankfurt we'll be back with segment two with starting off with frown corner so stay with And we are back Hey Eintracht Frankfurt Segment 2 As I teased It is Frauen Corner And we Chris referenced Six points for the weekend Chris what happened? Well It took an interesting
1: start That's for sure Uh, But The women of Frankfurt Were hosting Hoffenheim In a match of uh, Where was Hoffenheim at the start? I think they were at three Right? Third Yeah
0: Still still third third. On goal difference only
1: Yep Um, But it was a match for us to get back into the race for the title. Believe it or not, with a couple months left, we're in the mix. And we've got some matches coming up where we can get towards the front of the table. But, you know, it was a really weird start. Um, I actually caught on a little bit late. uh, But after watching the replay this morning, um, (laughs) we had one of the most weird own goals I've seen in a long time. And Letitia Santos... uh, a very experienced defender kind of played the ball back um, to nobody. And it went in the goal. One of those things that looks a lot worse the more you watch it. Uh, But the ladies responded. It was kind of a back and forth slugging match in the first half. Uh, The second half though, Frankfurt came out. I thought Nico's adjustments at halftime controlling the middle of the pitch was important, um, especially early in the second half. And, you know there was uh, the goal that kind of made the difference for me uh, I also called this one last week I'm two for two is uh, Laura Prashnikar getting in there and and just kind of mucking things up and turning it into goal scoring opportunities um, but then the goal at the end uh, I'm gonna butcher her name I apologize in advance Anna Eiling I think it is uh, she ailing like yeah she made her uh, Bundesliga appearance for us. And scored an 85th minute header, just a one of those that's like placed perfectly right under the bar that you can do it in a video game, but in real life it never works out. But she put it in that little like 18 inch window right below the bar. Uh, fantastic result, and really one that we can build on. We're no longer a young team, so the second half of the season, it's time to show our youth has turned into opportunity.
2: Yeah, I mean it's kind of awesome how we were able to bounce back after Hoffenheim scored the 84th minute to tie it. Yeah, I mean just another just another proven fact how this team literally whether it's us getting scored on or us doing the scoring, you know that just gets the flus juices flowing. Wow, Brian, you got me, you got me, whatever you have (laughs) over there stuttering today. But I mean, it really got the juices flowing. And, you know, it just, we just don't like one goal. We'd love multiple goals in quick successions, whether it's on, on our end or the other end. But either way, we just
1: love that. You know, there is. And, uh, no, I was, I was just going to say, say, what is even better? <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. We, there is one concern uh, that, that's coming apparent a little more. I think there's time to reverse it. But Laura Frygang looks a little um, frustrated right now. She hit the post early, and she missed a couple opportunities late. Um, I think she's getting marked a little more than she's accustomed to, And, and I can see some frustration building. But the fact that we're able to pull out a win with her kind of being out of the play a little more than we're accustomed to is definitely a good sign for us.
0: Can't uh, disagree with you on that. And, uh, boys, considering the fact that uh, Eintracht Frankfurt now has a much easier competition as they uh, face off against uh, SKS Essen at home, Hoffenheim takes on Bayern in the the big Saturday match for Die Liga, as it is known in Germany. And looking at the table right now, so, uh, Chris, you said the title is dot out of uh, our hands. I will say nipping at our heels still uh, the team who beat Essen at the weekend to about Potsdam 5-0 winners. You know, there's just one point behind us. So, we've got we've got a fire underneath us and but we want to get involved with the tussle at the top because we're only 6 points back from Byron uh, 4 points back from Wolfsburg. In theory, I mean, the title might be a little harder to dream of, but if, well, especially if, look, Bayern gets a draw and the Eintracht gets a win, hey, that's the best of both worlds. Wolfsburg will likely uh, crush Cone, so that would send them top. Uh, no, excuse me, that would get them tied on points. Uh, they would just be back on goal difference, but the Eintracht could then be uh, comfortable with two points ahead in uh, third place. And uh, that would be that would kind of justify all the hard work that the girls put in at this match, and hopefully uh, for many matches more to come. And here's also hoping, uh, considering that uh, Wolfsburg and Bayern were shown on with uh, the NBC Sports app, and ATA football. Here's hoping that the Eintracht, uh, being the kind of more marquee uh, team of the uh, Sunday slate of matches. Here's hoping that Eintracht will uh, be available to be seen therein, because it's it's frustrating when you can't watch it live and you have to resign on live Twitter until the highlights are all made available later. Just saying. Or as Chris likes to say, or as Chris likes to say, when it comes to watching the Frauen. Looking at you, DFL. Get it together. Boom, boom. All right. Let's look, boys, to a little bit of what I'd like to call midweek. Well, actually, you know, screw that. Uh, let's go to our listener uh, listener comment before we go to our midweek action and our predictions for Eintracht versus Betis. Um, got a tw- Twitter uh, question that came in from uh, Izorn. Yeah, on Twitter. Golly, I'm really shuffling today here, boys. Uh, How good is Knauf? I love seeing some life back on our right wing. He complimented Kostic, who is back. After some weaker matches, he was really looking like Kostic again. The defense with Indica, Henty, and Tutel looked solid. Henty was looking way better than before. Was Eintracht good or is Hearth bad? Have fun. And uh, cheers from. Uh David at uh Igzorn on Twitter. Uh we kinda hit the was Eintracht that good or is Hertha bad? Because I mean we hit we hit both of those, but how good is Knauf? I will go first in this and say that I think that the kid's ceiling uh is pretty high, but it's a question of how it is cultivated. But boy, he looked really good against Hertha. That's all I'll say. Uh Chris, I'll let you kinda run at the kid before I let the kid run at the kid ah. I honestly
1: I don't think we have enough we don't have enough um, footage yet to really make a true opinion on whether it was a good move or not a good move but it was a short-term loan so it's not like we're going to get a lot more you know we got a couple months left here to get as much out of him as we can he's shown enough that to say that's his spot right now until he decides to not show up for a bit. So give him every chance, and let's see. He's supposed to be a bright, young talent. Give him every opportunity to be out there as much as possible. We don't need to rest him. He's young. He hadn't seen a lot of the pitch before we picked him up. So I have no hesitation running him out there. 90 minutes Wednesday, 90 minutes Sunday. Just keep running him out there. There's no reason to, to bench him at any point.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's like a workhorse at this point for us, rather than a investment, because <laughs> we're going to be sending him back. So we may as well, you know, use up the tank as much as we can, um, obviously in smarter ways. I mean, you know, the guy scored his first goal in four games. You know, so I mean, that's definitely a good sign. But that's his ceiling. I mean, good for him. I mean, not good for the club since he's going to be going away. But I mean, every goal counts for us at this point in this season. So I mean. Yay, I guess. <laughs> I,
1: I Again, there's not a large enough body of work to really form a conclusion yet, but we're getting there. And that was, I think, his best performance so far. And he's had a couple t- difficult ones, especially coming in and having to face Byron is not a great place to really, you know, test a guy like that out. Uh, but he showed up against Herta and he's going to have a chance next weekend against Bauckham to really say, you know, it, I can do something for you guys down the stretch.
0: Yep. That is a good point. Uh, yeah, we are going to be facing, uh, Bochum, uh, golly, it feels like it wasn't that long ago that we got embarrassed at their house. Now we get to play them at home, uh, with 25,000 fans available to attend the match. I'm vastly more confident, uh, when that comes around, but first, things. First, it's midweek. Eintracht and Betis. It's a little different in the fact that um, uh, normally we're playing on a Thursday night for the Europa League, but this time they put us on the uh, Wednesday. I'm not exactly sure why, but hey, you know what? More eyeballs on the Eintracht. It's as close as we get to the Champions League, right? (laughs) Uh, For now. Uh, For now, yes. Uh, Real Betis uh, currently sitting in fifth. Been having a good season so far. Um, if it wasn't for Barcelona just catching fire the last couple of months, they'd be in, They've been at the Champions League places in La Liga for a long time. They've always lived in the shadow of their more successful neighbors, Sevilla. The matches, the final will be in, played in Seville at their arch rivals stadium. But for these guys, you know. Uh, They had been looking really good. And the last two matches, granted, one was a derby. And when you have these city derbies, just, you know, just kind of throw the book out. Just expect to have, you know, no holds barred, everything action. Um, This team is a little bit running on steam. uh, And I'll preface this this with uh, they've put in. They've been playing midweek and a lot of midweek action. They played uh, Sevilla on the 27th of February in the derby that I mentioned. Then they went uh, to the semifinals of the Copa del Rey. Their uh, FB pocal And it uh, kind of went all the way down to the wire. And they won only on aggregate on March 3rd, being Real Vallecano, uh 1-1 at home. Uh, in, in aggregate, three to two, but it was a one one draw at home, and then they had uh, Athletico Madrid a three to one victory uh, defeat in that uh, at home, and in the meantime, they also had on uh, February the twenty fourth, February fourth their derby. They had a nil-nil draw was in at Saint Petersburg. That meant that they got through on aggregate three to two. This team, I'm all I'm almost kind of wondering if perhaps this team is just going to be absolutely just ragged. But like uh, by the time that Wednesday runs around, that's I mean that's a guys that's a lot of just non-stop midweek work, and they don't exactly have the the money. And uh, not exactly uh, to be able to afford the kind of squad size and quality that would then uh, allow for a team to basically be able to be, a, be their uh, local rivals, uh, you know, able to constantly balance your European campaign with your, um, your league campaign where... You basically are expected to finish in the very top uh, fifth of the standings, and then also be able to be competitive in your European matches that are constantly being played around you. And I'm looking at this team. There are some faces that we'll uh, recognize. Uh, Mark uh, Barta uh, was a uh, was a uh, Borussia Dortmund player for what was it uh, two seasons? I think he was one of the guys who was a uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, on the, the bus. Bomb. Yep. Yeah, the bomb on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that kind of derailed his career in front. Yep, so, so then made the move uh, back to Spain. They, this is a club that has splashed money on big players when need, they have had the chance to. And there's some other names there. Claudio Bravo, long, long time. Uh, Chilean uh, goalkeeper he's 38 so I mean he's been around the block for a very long time and then uh, uh, two uh, Mexican players that uh, people from this this side of the world will recognize and Andres Guardado and Diego Linez. but and doing some more research on this and I'm almost done with my uh and my analysis of this, they have currently three players out and three players listed as doubtful for the match. In comparison to our nothing, so I'm a little on the optimistic side, boys. Here, I am gonna predict that the Eintracht comes away with a two to two draw. And the player that we need to look out for is Sergio Canales. Otherwise, this team is on its knees. They don't. Their depth is kind of running out. And uh, they've been kind of beaten upside the head quite a lot. They haven't exactly been uh, lighting the world on fire. So, best best time to take on a team like this right now. I see where you're going, and I'm going to disagree with you
1: uh, just a little bit. Uh, I think Frankfurt will win, but I'm not going to write it off as an easy one right now. Um, the
0: match or the, the series? The the tie
1: i i'm not willing to look at the series yet but as far as a matchup on wednesday i think we have enough to take the win especially with the confidence built up this past weekend uh they're coming off a loss they have a guy uh um uh what's the name Nabil uh fakir Fikar. uh yep. i butchered Fikir, that one yep. yep he is philip Kostic, but french That's the only difference. Uh, It's the exact same game. I think he's number one in in La Liga in crosses. The guy plays the exact same game that Kostic does, and that's something we have to be aware of is marking guys in the box because he can drop dimes at any given time from any point on the pitch. So we got to look out for that. They score more efficiently than we do. Um, They've got like 50 goals across all competitions with fewer shots compared to our 40 or so mm-hmm. on fewer uh, on more shots. So we have to be smart about the way we play this, but I think we have the better talent, and in the end, we'll get it done, I'll say, two to one.
0: All right, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: I kind of agree with you, Chris. Actually, I honestly agree with both of you, um, with both of you guys. And, but then I'm also kind of like contradicting myself as my brain is thinking about it more and more. And so here, here here's what, here's why. Here's why. Spanish teams, that's not counting Sevilla, uh, or Barcelona or Real Madrid, obviously, um, seem to struggle against Bundesliga teams. I mean, just got smacked 5-0 against Leverkusen uh, during the group stage play when they played against, you know, um, during the group stages, and then They also um, lost to Celtic. And they also (laughs) lost to Celtic, right. But, it doesn't doesn't take away from how the La Liga usually plays. It's a very, very open kind of game. You know, it's very counter-attacking focused. It's very offensive uh, minded focused. I mean, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a really hard game uh, for us. But I mean, I think we can uh, come on top of it just because of the Bundesliga. Um, like, I don't know, mid-table teams are a lot stronger than that league of mid-table teams. Not saying that Betis is usually a lot a, a top or like a mid-league. Well, I guess fifth place is considered somewhat like mid-table. But I mean. Well at, the, well, at the front end of it, but I think I think we definitely have that up on them, just because the Bundesliga mid-table teams are stronger than the Liga mid-table teams. So, I mean, I can see us getting out of this, um, getting out of this with a three-one victory. Really? Wow!
0: So on so on the quote negative Nancy in all of this.
1: It's not me for once. That's. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm just saying. Like when I did see um, a little bit of their action against Zenit, they're defending. When they have to defend, they can. They look absolutely just inept. They you would. They look like the luckiest of lucky teams when it comes to uh, them just trying to defend a lead, and as they try to keep Zenit out, and Zenit was really trying to. Kind of like when we faced uh, against Bayern and how Bayern was kind of trying to lay siege as much as they could, thinking eventually we're gonna make, get a breakthrough. Zenit was kind of doing the same thing uh, in the second leg, and Betis was Betis was just scrambling everywhere, barely able to clear stuff out. It looked there wasn't like when they when they have to just straight up defend, it looks ugly. And there's no cohesion to trying to break down these sort of defenses. So when we we have faced up against the likes of of Bielefeld or an Augsburg, where they're like, nope, shut up shop, got our goal, we're shutting you down. I mean, that is the kind of defending that we're used to when a team defends. And this team from Seville does not have this at all. And so... Yeah. Uh, so the whole objective is
1: to keep the pressure high, score, get the turnovers, and capitalize in their end. That's what you're saying. Let their sloppy yeah, play. chances too. Yeah.
0: Even when even in their wins of the in the Europa League group phase, so their first uh, two matches they scored seven goals, but they can, and winning both of them. Guess how many goals that they conceded? A lot. Too many. Four.
1: Yeah. Oh wow.
0: Yeah, wait. Like they they were going for it, and they got punched. Like the so-called low-scoring match that they had in their group phase was one-one draw with Leverkusen, and then they decided to visit Leverkusen, and then they just got absolutely got throttled, as you mentioned, yeah. Matt. So and I th- yep, that's. A-
1: I think we have it. We have this history of saying, you know, La Liga teams struggle against. Bundesliga teams, but it doesn't matter what the history has been because the Laundish Diva can rear her head at any given time, and we can go right back to you know setting new records in incompetence. So I'm not quick to jump on the history in this one, especially against a club that we've never played in a competitive match. Um, there, we just got to be careful because we're we're going to be playing some players that haven't played on that Europa League stage with Frankfurt before, like Canal, who I assume will be starting on the right side. Let's just ease our way in a little bit, but keep that pressure on them. And like you said, we have the better roster. We just have to take advantage of the chances.
2: Right. And I mean, I think what also is going to be a good, good indicator or a good positive for us is uh, – we seem to be very, very strong in these international competitions, especially the last two trips we've done it. I mean, we've beaten teams like Inter. We've beaten teams like Shakhtar. You know, we've beaten teams like Arsenal. We almost beat Chelsea, you know. So we people, stand with teams, you, Shakhtar.
0: Say eh, it again? We stand with you, Shakhtar. Oh, yeah,
2: we stand with you, Shakhtar. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is at that time. They had Douglas Costa at that time, you know. So, I mean, it's – uh I mean, I I, I I hear you for sure, Chris, and I and I I totally don't disagree with you. I totally can see us, you know, us us losing three one in this game just because you know I can see Hinty kind of pulling a Harry Maguire and just letting a shot go in between his legs. <laughs> um, so God.
0: Yeah. that was ugly. That was I saw that at the weekend. Oh, that's
2: bad. Ninety nine diamond.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank everyone for joining the podcast, everyone for listening in. Um, Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? All right. I am on
1: Twitter, Discord, Instagram, Peloton, every social media channel out there at C&D313. the D
0: And Matt, where can we find you in the social media uh, landscape of the world? I'm gonna be
2: slow on the on Twitter one here, just in case we have any mishaps like we did a lot of the weekend. But my Twitter <laughs> handle is at w a g capital M eight and underscore. Just guess what I read, that down there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and then obviously follow us on the Hey I Frankfurt Instagram page because uh, if you don't follow it, I don't know what you're doing.
0: Exactly. And Chris, you were uh, you reminded me uh, earlier. And I'll do that. Uh, do this reminder now for the iTrack fans still listening. There's going to be a watch party in Texas.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, tell me more about this. So I'm headed down to San Antonio for a little USL matchup, uh, Detroit City and San Antonio. And the following day... Uh, eh, doesn't matter. No, 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 no matter at all. <laughs> uh, so the following day, we're going to hit up Austin, myself, and a couple others from the Eintracht Detroit group. We're gonna head up to Austin and meet the EFC Austin people. Uh, we're gonna be eating and drinking at Mr. Tramp Sports Pub in North Austin. So if you're interested, uh, give me a, give me a shout on Twitter or Discord, and uh, we'll make sure you get all the information.
0: Tramps in Texas,
2: Austin, and Texas a, for that. The, yes, and there's there's also a, t- a watch in. Uh, in New York City here which I unfortunately will not be able to attend to because I have to do some important very important puppy sitting here at my mother's home but if any New York Frankfurt fans want to go watch the game with a couple of the Frankfurt fans you got to go to Jack Dempsey's out on West 33rd Street between Madison and uh 7th Ave so uh if you wear in red or anything Eagle Atta related you'll find your friends
0: there you go, folks. Gotta find out where your fellow Eagles are, and if you only have one friend who happens to be an Eintracht fan, let us know. And in case you happen to live in Chicago, Minnesota, Boston, or basically wherever, we can help find the Eagles that are he- that are abroad, and the Eagles will f- come and find you. And please, yes, if you have the opportunity, you know, if you got a spare scarf at home, bring it. Try and make a new friend, a new Eintracht friend the fan base that way and you can find me on twitter at kcsge follow the show on twitter that is at he at pond uh, hey i track frankfurt uh, as uh the instagram uh name and uh, username right there and uh, matt does a lot of great stuff on that so keep a looking at that hey i track frankfurt at gmail.com was where you can always drop us an email and uh yeah critique are various widely uh, successful uh, predictions and unsuccessful predictions at that. <laughs> Facebook.com slash HEFpod for all the latest news and information in the English language at I-Trak-fran- about Eintracht Frankfurt all in one location. So from all of us here, uh, from episode uh, 210 of the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, it's Jus, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Looking at you, DFL. Get it together. Hey,
2: I'm the funk swallcher, la 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 la. Hey, I'm the funk swallcher, la 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 la.